another edition of the College Gridiron Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella. We are on air. Oh, yeah. Episode number 36 of the College Gridiron Showcase Watchlist Show. 2018 edition. That's right, we're counting you down to the 4th Annual College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium, January 6th through the 10th. January 6th through the 10th. Make your reservations. The whole NFL world will be there. The NFL draft season kicks off in Addison, Texas. That's right, 30 of 32 NFL teams, 111 NFL scouts. And we're going to talk about some of those CGS alumni on those opening week rosters in the NFL. Kickoff last night, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs coming off the upset over those New England Patriots, but we're talking college football here. That's what we do each and every week. If you're, welcome, if you're new to the show, welcome aboard. We have FBS prospects, FCS prospects, uh, watch list prospects, and we're going to talk about some of the top matchups, not only from last week, but the upcoming week ahead. But first, it's time to welcome in one of the co-founders of the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. He is Craig Red. He joins us now on the Parabolic Performance Hotline. Welcome to the show, Craig. Thank you for having me. Well, it's uh, an exciting time because NFL Week 1 is underway, and with that we see who made the cut, and we have a number of uh, College Gridiron Showcase alumni coming and going. You've had the fun job of tracking it all. So I know you just updated the list just this morning. And how did our alumni fare? Uh, I think we did pretty well. Right now we have uh, 43 players on rosters. So, you know, we had you know, so almost 50% of our guys who were in camps are on rosters. So that uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. I think it's about 43 to 45%. Somewhere around that, I'm, 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 we're pretty happy about it. I think a lot of young guys had an opportunity and, and made rosters from, from this year's group, so I'm super excited for them. Yeah, I think it's great that that many played, uh, that many made the cut and are now on active squads. When you talk about evaluating a lot of these undrafted free agent talents, I mean, uh, you know, you just never know because each team has a different scheme, has a different need. Uh, has different traits and characteristics that they look for. So uh, exciting stuff here at the College Gridiron Showcase. Looking forward to some of these uh, College Gridiron Showcase alumni kicking off. We're going to talk more about that. But, Craig, uh, what's new in the College Gridiron Showcase land? Any latest news and developments since the last time we spoke? Uh, man, we're, we're we're just grinding, trying to trying to work out the schedule, trying to put the finishing touches on the watch list. I know I promised everyone it would be out about a week ago, but uh, as as you've seen, Rick, we, we've just been you know all of us have just been bombarded with some some new uh, nominations, and so really just trying to make sure we we go through and and get the the right mix of guys, and it will be coming out next week for sure. Um, you know, we're just kind of dotting the I's, crossing the T's on, on some of the last-minute nominations that come in. And, you know, we might even have another update throughout the season because, you know, I know you and your team, you guys are out there scouting. You know, I, I, I start hitting the road this week. Um, you know, Jose has been, been watching games and scouting and, and sending stuff, you know, through. So uh, we just keep adding to that list. And then we're just trying to 
firm up the schedule. Jose and I actually just got off of the call uh, going through some more schedule stuff. So I think within the next week or two, we're really going to have some exciting news that, uh, you know, certainly going to excite you. But I think the, the fan base in general, I think they're, they're really going to like some of the new stuff that we have coming out this year. The nominees, I must say, are pouring in. Go to cgsallstar.com to nominate a player today, and we will get some kind of evaluation on them. See if it makes the cut for that College Gridiron Showcase watch list also up there on the website. And, Craig, not just from across the country, from across the globe. Uh, international. Receiving <laughs> international prospects. That's exciting, too, and I think that just builds upon – Again, you know, for those tuning in for the first time and, and just finding out what the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium is all about, it's about diversity, and we're talking FBS, FCS, D2, D3, international, Craig, and I think that's what makes this a unique all-star event. Absolutely. matter of fact, that's one, I think, one good nugget that, that we can release. Uh, we will have at least eight Canadian prospects coming to CGS this year. Um, We've been getting a lot of nominations for Canadian players uh, from up there in the CIS, but we will have guaranteed at least eight CIS prospects um, coming into CGS this year to compete and and show what they can do, uh, as they like to call us, down south. Well, you know, just to follow up on that, Craig, I'd like to say that you know, here we, we study a lot of um, underclassmen, too, and I can see the development of the Canadian players. You're going to have literally, you know, Austin Auclair is the first of many, many uh, top-notch Canadian players on the come-up. They've really got a lot of great Canadian players that are going to be eligible for the NFL draft in upcoming seasons. So I'm excited about that. I know um, there's several players that we've got our eye on up north in Canada. And uh, really, each offseason, I think you see uh, more and more prospects, uh, players, I should say, coming from the Canadian level, where it used to be, you know, kind of a big deal. Hey, a CFL guy made it to the NFL. Now you hear that news, and it's, uh, you know, quite a few guys have made that transition. So that's exciting news, good stuff there. And uh, before we wrap it up, Craig, any parting shots for the people here? Uh, just again, just just keep an eye out for the watch list and keep the nominations coming at cgsallstar.com. We're, we're looking, we're evaluating, we're watching the film, so uh, keep the nominations coming. And really, in the next week or two, we should really have some some big news coming down the pipe that uh, I think is going to keep everyone very excited. He's a man on the move. That's Craig Red, co-founder of the College Gridiron Showcase, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat soon, my man. All right. Talk to you soon. Have a good have a good day, guys. All right. You too. Appreciate that. And always, every week, we have the College Gridiron Showcase spotlight. Either Craig Red or Jose Jefferson hops on, gives us a few minutes of their time. The co-founders of the fourth annual College Gridiron Showcase, once again, cgsallstar.com. Now, I'm your host, Rick Saratella, RIC, and the place to be here with this episode number 36 on the College Gridiron Showcase watch list. 
the preseason is over, the training camp, the offseason, all that good stuff. We ran through the positional previews from quarterbacks all the way down to safeties. You can find that on the archives. Check out the Blog Talk Radio channel. You can go listen to some of our past episodes. You can find us on iTunes. And if you like it, give it a share. Spread the word. We appreciate it. And we appreciate these guys. First up, we got Joe Everett the director of college football scouting himself, never leaving a stone unturned. I feel like we need a WWF theme song walking down the aisle here, Joe, but uh, what's happening today? <laughs> oh, just week one, back on the grind. I can't believe we're officially here. I mean, it was a fun game last night, but it's, yeah, cranking out the articles, doing the scouting reports, and the week two of college football, It's it's great to be back in it, guys. Yeah, a lot of moving and shaking with the Category 4, I think it's been downgraded to now, Hurricane on the way, heading to Florida. A lot of games canceled, postponed, and uh, Justin Gamble is here to talk about some of the games that are on the board, some of the top prospects. He's the assistant director of college football scouting, and he drops the hammer on them. You can follow him over on Twitter, at GamScout. Uh, welcome to the show, Justin. What you looking forward to today? Oh, man, just talking some new names, some guys popping off tape that I previously hadn't really seen before. So <clears throat> um, week one, or well, I guess kind of week two with the whole CSU-CU game or the, you know, CSU, sorry, had that first game. So they got me kind of messed up. I keep feeling like we're on week two, but there's been so many games that have already gone down and so many new prospects uh, jot names down and start watching tape on. So this is going to be an exciting year. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely going to dig into some of those guys who did impress week one. Uh, before we do, thoughts and impressions, gentlemen, on the CGS alumni. We have, you know, as Craig mentioned, 43 or 48 players on NFL rosters. Uh, start off with you, Justin. Any guys uh, that you're excited about or any anybody who caught your eye or, or thought it was a good fit um, from the alumni? I mean, Matt Breida from uh, on the 49ers right now. I mean, I don't think this is just a guy that's going to be a depth player. I think he's going to emerge as one of their playmakers sooner than later. Um, I think he's more explosive than Carlos Hyde. I think he's got power that none of the other guys on that roster can match. I think he's, you know, a feature back just in the waiting. I think, you know, give it, give it a few weeks maybe, and this guy's going to emerge as one of their top guys. <clears throat> and then one of the under-radar um, signings that I – really liked is Chris Odom on the Packers. Um, defensive yeah. end, outside linebacker. I mean, he brings some some youth to their pass rush, some speed. He's got some traits to develop. I don't think he's, you know, popped right away and just become a household name, but I like that signing. I think, you know, end of the year, middle of the year, whatever, he's going he's gonna to start flashing a little bit. So with all his traits that he has, I'm excited to see what McCarthy and that staff can do with him. Yeah, the uh, Falcons, I believe, cut Chris Odom, uh, Central Arkansas. The Packers were quick to pick him up and place him right on that active man roster. And, in fact, I think they even parted ways with J. Ron Elliott, who plays the same position. So uh, that's how good they felt about Chris Odom. And, you know, Matt Breida, who we've discussed on the show, I mean, listen, I don't understand what this guy had to do to get some respect. He just had, like, one of the, if not most impressive pro days, definitely one of – uh, at his position, and now you're seeing him start to make plays. In fact, you know, Carlos Hyde, who you mentioned, there was some whispers there that he was on that roster bubble. So if you see Breed a flash, hey, like Justin said, this could be a feature back. Not only that, 
they have the Tampa Bay Bucks former fifth round pick Jeremy McNichols now signed on that practice squad roster. So that 49ers uh, roster is going to be a constant work in progress. And John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are going to be constantly churning the wheels and churning out the bottom of that roster. Joe would go over back to Joe Everett, who you can follow on Joe at Joe W. Everett, two T's there. And of course, during the week at his uh, bang the books podcast show, but Joe uh, thoughts and impressions on what Justin had to say and, any other alumni that caught your eye this week with the cut-down day? Well, just to echo it with Brita, uh, almost, I don't want to say not surprising, but that was definitely a make-it guy. And the bottom line is Joe Williams don't have a job anymore. Mr. Injured Reserve, maybe he, he's practice squad for them, but right now they really love where Brita just showed up and he was ready. So that speaks highly of him. But if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know I'm going young Hui Koo, my little kicker from Georgia Southern that could. Uh, Nick Novak right now is jobless. Uh, he, he made the Chargers. He didn't just make the route. He's now their starting kicker. Uh, I guess he said even he was a little bit speechless after the whole thing. But, hey, hopefully he just keeps it up, keeps on kicking, and uh, keeps that putting that boot to good use because that, I think we knew he had the skills. And it's just such a tough job. Kicker is a hire and fire association. All about what you've done for me. And, and yeah, it's just – Hopefully he just keeps on doing good because right now, obviously, the Chargers, uh, they like what they saw at our event. They like what they've seen in camp. And, yeah, he, he should just be able to keep it up. He was he was great at college. So it's uh, I have the highest of hopes for Mr. Coop. Yeah, you know, a uh, shout-out to our kicking coach, too, Coach Mike McCabe, who had uh, young Hiku from Georgia Southern. He also had Bobby Poyle from UConn, both incredible, incredible kickers. And I, I thought – that not not you know not that they were competing to make a team, but I thought watching those guys even you know kicking into the wind and 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 swirling winds and and things. I mean these guys were putting on a show down there in Texas, and it was just fun to watch those two guys go back and forth. And uh, you know I think we we both were you know really impressed with the both of them. And surprisingly, Poyle didn't make an active roster, and I'm surprised by that. And it would not surprise me if he does see some action or get picked up by somebody here along the way throughout the season, but uh, definitely um, exciting, exciting times is is what we can say. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep tabs on the college gridiron showcase alumni as the season progresses. I thought it was pretty cool to see Neil Sterling, the former uh, seventh round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, You know, he uh, is now an active member of the New York Jets roster. So he, you know, from Monmouth, uh, university here in New Jersey. He's going to be playing in his hometown backyard with the New York Jets who were in need of a help at that wide receiver position. And, hey, listen, uh, you know, not that this is an NFL show, but if you're out there, you know, the Jets, they might they might win this week. I got news for you. The, the Buffalo Bills will be starting a rookie quarterback, I believe. Nate Peterman is going to get the start there. And this Jets defense is going to keep games close. It's, uh, you know, putting points on the board is where they're going to struggle. And, you know, hopefully Mr. Neil Sterling out of Monmouth University can uh, contribute to that. But um, let's talk about, you know, the FBS watch list player of the week, gentlemen. And fast forward or rewind, I should say, we will fast forward to a player coming up or some matchups coming up. But let's look back to the action last week. We did a great job. Uh, 
previewing some of those big time, those marquee matchups, Alabama and Florida State. Some unfortunate news, you know, when you when you schedule Alabama first week mm-hmm. of the season, you know, th- things tend to happen. And now Florida State looks like their season is kaput. Uh, and you know, the Michigan Florida State very competitive game there for a while. But let's uh, take a look back and talk about some FBS players that stood out. Joe, we'll start with you. Uh, give us an FBS player of the week. Well, the the, the other game we previewed, IU, Ohio State, and Richard Lego, man. The Indiana kid threw for 410 yards, three touchdowns. He did through a couple picks, but the tempo, what he was able to do with his arm, just some of these far-hash throws that he just whips it right out there uh, at an instant. I think he is a guy. He can make all the throws. There's a few plays that's kind of, he seems a little slow to react, or I don't know if he doesn't trust his initial read, which I think is kind of a good thing. At least he's out there thinking. It's not just pre-snap, plant, go. But uh, he does do a lot of that still. I mean, that uh, first half that IU had was uh, very impressive. They just they caught the Buckeyes on the back of their feet. And just some of the things, the mechanics he has, that big, long torso, the, the, the arms, I mean, he really does look all the part. I don't know that he's going to be hitting the ground running at the next level, but, you know, maybe he's got me fooled here, guys. I, I think I see a, a Sunday player in what I saw out of Lego and – you know, a guy that's got room to grow here. I, uh, I was very impressed with what he did, and I think that's a guy that, that what we talked about, I was a little uneasy, and, you know, I've seen some a lot of bad and a lot of good uh, from his junior year, but there was a lot of good in week one from Lego. Yeah, if he can prove to uh, show that kind of consistency throughout the season, off to a great start against a very impressive Ohio State Buckeye defense, as we discussed last week. Let's turn it over to uh, Justin for his FBS Player of the Week. Mine comes from the Buckeyes um, playing against Lego. Uh, Chris Worley formerly was playing outside linebacker, got moved to middle linebacker this year with Raekwon McMillan exiting. Um, And I was kind of looking to see how he would handle the physicality of it how he would take on blocks and if he could stack and shed, if he could do all the little things that you have to do better when you move from outside to middle linebacker, especially in the Buckeye scheme. And, I mean, he didn't lose a step. He looks a little thicker, uh, but he was attacking downhill, reacting. I mean, in a flash, this dude was coming down and thumping some people. Um, He still has the fluidity that he had last year. He still looks like he can play in coverage, um, but – just to see him step into this new role and immediately, you know, thrive and flourish in it. You can tell this is his, this is where he's going to be, and this is where he could probably play in the NFL. Um, it was just – it was encouraging to see because, especially with the way that game started, you weren't sure how the Buckeyes were going to respond. But, I mean, he definitely looks like the leader. He looks like the guy that he's getting them lined up. He's getting them motivated. So, um, Chris Worley looks like the real deal after week one. All right, <clears throat> putting a spotlight on that Hoosier Buckeyes matchup and Indiana uh, keeping it close there for at least a half before the uh, Buckeyes woke up and remembered who they were. But, you know, I'm going to turn the attention over to uh, the Mountain West. And how about this kid? Rashad Penny. Uh, get used to hearing that name over there at the San Diego State Aztecs, uh, the slicer and dicing, dicer running back. I mean, I feel like he should have a uh, 
kitchen utility named after him, the way he's carving up defenses in this first game. Yes, it was just UC Davis, but he put on a human highlight rail, 21 carries, a buck 97. He averaged just about 10 yards a carry and had a couple of touchdowns. So, you know, you take a look around the league and you're starting to see the guys like Matt Breida, Tariq Cohen for the Chicago Bears, who I think will have an impact. Uh, even Donnell Pumphrey. I think Rashad Penny is a guy that is along that mold of line and uh, is definitely going to get some kind of all-star invites. And depending on, you know, how the rest of the season plays out, you know, not too many people keeping tabs over there on San Diego State. But we are, and we will have our eye on that shiny Mr. Penny. Uh, let's transition now over to the Cosgridiron Showcase FCS Watch List Player of the Week. And, you know, we like to show the FCS just as much love as the FBS. And we'll go over to Justin to kick it off with him this time. Well, week one, guy that popped out to me was, I mean, and I haven't seen this guy before, so this was awesome to see, to have a guy flash like this was, uh, running back Zaquan Summers from Portland State. Um, he fits that mold of, you know, small jitterbug type guy. But, I mean, he was all over the place in the open field making guys miss. Um, the burst that he had was just insane. Um, I'm trying to find, I forget what his stat line was, but the dude tore it up. And, I mean, he looks like a guy that could be a Sunday player. He's definitely a change of pace type back. But Portland State popping off the tape um, – Pretty cool. Yeah, dig it. Portland State, and the name is slipping my mind, but I think there was a safety from Portland State that just made a roster this past week. So shout out to those Portland State. Uh, Joe, the big money question, do we know the Portland State nickname? Oh, oh man. <laughs> uh, I would have to guess, like, what, Pelicans? <laughs> the Beakers. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. We're going to find that one out, but – in the meantime, Joe, hit us with uh, your FCS player of the week. Uh, there was a really good FCS player on the other side of that game. You were talking about uh, San Diego State playing UC Davis. There's an underclassman, Keelan Doss. But as soon as you started talking about that game, it's like, I jotted down a name. Who was that? <laughs> but um, it's got to be Briscoe if we don't bring him up. This guy, I, I have not watched a lot of his games. I started delving into his receivers at uh, Sam Houston State. Dave and Davis, Nathan Stewart, both underclassmen. But I'm trying to watch their play, and Briscoe is just standing out. Uh, he, he sprays the field, man. I, I, I think this is another guy. I, I, I'm seeing all the throws being made. He throws guys open and What's even more impressive is it's just intermediate, it's deep, it's short, it's touch. He can, he's got the placement. I'm just uh, shocked. It's, you know, how it didn't work out Division One. There's always a story. There's always a reason he's there, but he's not letting that deter him. Uh, I, I, I see a kid with a really great game and just a, a sort of a ball of clay, man. I'm, I'm sure there's some, you know, quarterbacks coaches out there that are getting film of his sent to him saying, wow, I could turn him into something. So, yeah, Briscoe, he really stood out. And that, that, it's just someone's got to say it because that, that, that game was insane. I mean, it's, yeah, he deserves all the credit in the world. And, yeah, he's firmly on the map. And this all-star circuit, he's going to show up at one of these games. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, he's already got some, some video game stats going on. I mean, he's got 700 yards passing and, and seven touchdowns already <laughs> through the first two games. So, uh, 
the Portland State Vikings. We should have known that one. And, um, <laughs> you know, you're talking quarterbacks on the FCS level, Joe. Well, you know, we go from Vikings to Crusaders. And this kid, you know, he was on our radar for a few years, had a season-ending injury, kind of forgot about him, popped back up onto the radar, did not realize he was granted another year of eligibility. I guess he received the medical redshirt, but a four-year team captain for these Holy Cross Crusaders, this Peter Pujols against the uh, Yukon Huskies. I mean, this is uh, nothing to, to, to just, you know, blow off here. This is a legitimate uh, Husky defense here that he went 33 or 56 for three, 358 passing yards. So, um, you know, he, he was spraying the ball all over the field. He um, is going to be probably setting some single-season school records there and plenty of experience, um, you know, listed at six foot two, I think that's going to be the, the, the big question in terms of his NFL draft stock, what is his real height, and that could also determine which all-star game he receives an invite to, but definitely somebody we're going to keep an eye on here in the College Gridiron Showcase watch list, Peter Pujols of uh, Holy Cross, that high-flying Crusaders offense. Uh, remember, store that nugget for the memory bank. Now, uh, you're joined by Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, Rick Saratella. We're here for the College Gridiron Showcase watch list show, episode number 36, and uh, we went over FBS uh, watch list player of the week, FCS Watchlist Player of the Week. Up next, we're going to have one player I did not know, uh, somebody who caught our attention. There was plenty of them this week. Week one, you always have prospects that jump out of nowhere. Uh, who was it for you, Mr. Joe? Well, I, I, people are going to roll their eyes. I'm going right back to the same game because I found a dude. Uh, Ian Thomas, tight end, Indiana. Did not know he existed. Sorry, I have to admit it. He caught three passes last year. And uh, he's a JUCO kid, Nassau Community College somewhere there. Maybe he's from Baltimore. I don't care where he's from. He abused Ohio State. They couldn't find a linebacker, couldn't find a safety. No one's covering him. He's got basketball-type athleticism, real strong hands, and just kind of a natural how he boxed out kids. Uh, wide shoulders, just like the way he's built. And uh, I think in close quarters, he dominates. He can go for jump balls and just – it's probably on YouTube in a number of different forms. His first touchdown in the game was a thing of beauty, just a kind of out and up, right to the flag. Lego put it over his shoulder, and Thomas plucked it right at his eyes. He drug his right foot in for a score, and it's just like, hello, who are you? Where are you from? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm bookmarking your bio page right now, Ian Thomas. Uh, yeah, just kind of out of nowhere. And I think um, he's going to be a real red zone and chain mover kind of type for the Hoosiers and Mike DeBoard showing up, that staff, they, they deserve a ton of credit. Bringing this kid up to speed so fast, they're doing a hell of a job down there in Bloomington with these kids, man. I mean, if people thought they were just going to fall off if Kevin Wilson uh, goes gallivanting to Columbus, well, you got another thing coming. Tom Allen and the boys, they're uh, they're really competitive. They're going to be competitive this week against Virginia. And, yeah, I'm just uh, – Ian Thomas, I think a little – tight end is born here. Uh, we got to add him to the list, and I'm sure he's being added to a number of lists. So, yeah, credit to that kid, and great job by the coaching staff. And it's always fun when you're keyed in on a game. You have this list of, especially a game like that, you have a list of all these prospects you're keeping an eye on, and then someone 
from uh, not on your piece of paper jumps off the screen. Always fun discovering those guys. Uh, how about you, Justin? Who was it for you this past week? Man, I don't know if we can stay away from this. Some of these, uh, the Indiana Ohio State kids, but um, popped off the tape for me was safety from Ohio State, Damon Webb. Um, he had five solo tackles and an assisted tackle against them. But I think what was so impressive was just watching him roam all over the field. I mean, it didn't matter where he started in the defensive alignment. It was more impressive where he ended. Um, The range that he showed to get sideline to sideline, come up and make tackles, chase guys down. Um, You know, it was his athleticism just kind of popped off the tape. And I think sometimes, especially in Ohio State, they have so many prospects year in, year out. This guy just kind of flew under my radar, but – I mean, he's squarely on, and now I like what I see with his fluidity and his game speed. Um, I think it'll be something to monitor going forward. If it's consistent, if he, you know, is a aggressive every game, if he's smart every game, you know, because sometimes these secondary players pop one game and then they kind of disappear the rest of the season. But Damon Webb, the senior safety from Ohio State, um, he's also played some corner, I believe. He plays a little nickel. He does kind of everything. So um, that versatility is becoming – a big thing for NFL scouts these days. Um, he's a guy that I definitely am monitoring and watching closely moving forward. As we mentioned last week, a lot of players, a lot of prospects in that matchup, and deservingly so. And uh, the Big Ten is going to feature a lot of big-time prospects, but I'm going to dig over to some Aggies football, and uh, I'm not talking Texas A&M. Nope. I'm talking New Mexico State Aggies, and, man, all this kid was doing was making plays, lighting up Arizona State with uh, New Mexico State coming out on the short end of the stick in a 37-31 loss. But they kept it very close, and a lot of a uh, big reason why was Jaleel Scott. Who? Huh? What? Yes, the six foot five, two hundred twenty pound receiver is just a mismatch, folks. I mean, this guy was making plays up and down the field. It seemed like every time New Mexico State was on offense, uh, this guy was just gaining chunks of yardage at a time. Eight catches, a buck 49, two touchdowns, and I'm intrigued, fellas. Uh, This guy had just 23 catches a year ago and came out opening week with eight catches, so uh, registering nearly a third of his total from a year ago. So I'm excited to see how he fares this week in the rivalry matchup against New Mexico. But Jaleel Scott, definitely a guy with that size, that athleticism, that kind of high point ability is going to gain some attention from NFL scouts. Now, that was my favorite segment of the show so far because I learned about some players I did not know. Up next, we're going to do the featured matchups of the week and, probably some players that you do know and uh, a lot of marquee matchups on the agenda this week and we're going to start off uh, on the west coast on the left coast where number 14 Stanford is going to travel into the Trojans a lot of people down on Mr. Darnold after week one and everybody jumping on the Josh Rosen hype train it's funny to watch people hop on and off of these bandwagons of people having their doubts so quickly now uh Josh Allen just a shoo-in lock number one overall <laughs> pick of the draft and now uh folks are not so sure but you know you got to keep it even keel folks it's only one week but Mr. Darnold will be looking to bounce back as the Trojan post Darnold will kick it off with the Joe Everett break 
Well, I'll tell you, this Stanford crew, it's not a lot of seniors. I mean, this is a young group. I'm looking up and down this whole offensive group. by Chris Love, Schultz, the tight end. They're all juniors. And then the the, the, senior, uh, the defensive side, Dagon, near the same with, with the exceptional linebackers. So I'm breaking off into underclassmen, folks. I've got uh, – Dalton Schultz is being a stud. This is a tight end factory. They, they ain't going to have it any other way. They're going to keep bringing them in, too, year by year, uh, as long as Dave Shaw is there. So uh, Bryce Love, probably one of the more underrated athletes out there. I mean, uh, McCaffrey got all the pub, and deservedly so. Love is no slouch at all. So, And I think USC should be worried just in the simple fact Stanford don't have no classes, man. They don't have to go to school until, what, the end of this month? They're a professional football unit right now. So, yeah, USC is – I'd be quaking in my boots if I was them and probably taking them points too. On the other side, I think uh, uh, Meeks and Holder are a great duo of corners, and that's, that's really going to – rubber's going to meet the road there. Uh, Darnold's going to have his work cut out for him because these guys played a lot of football, and I'm a huge fan of Meeks. He's on the uh, top 100 prospectus of football family. Father was a defensive coordinator, uh, just a great length and real physical presence out there. And then I think Dylan Jackson's kind of that under under the wings, about to break out kind of candidate for uh, Stanford. They certainly need someone to step up with Solomon Thomas being gone, but uh, that's those are the, I think the players to watch and really the where the rubber like I said is going to meet the road is that Darnold and some of this inexperienced receiver going up against what I look at it is a, a very experienced defense bringing back eight starters so uh, we do love Sam Darnold but man it's uh, this is going to be a big test and his uh, and on and really important for his draft stock. Yeah, some uh, interesting nuggets there and. Uh... It's a little unusual to hear that there's not a lot of seniors there for that Stanford squad. So that's a, a team that's going to be, you know, they've been a force, no question about it, but it looks like uh, they're going to stay trending in, in that direction. And uh, typically not, you know, not too many people declaring early from Stanford, but uh, I guess we have seen it um, in the past. So it's, you know, increasingly more and more, even with the educational quote unquote uh, programs such as Stanford, but uh, other side of the football, Justin, uh, break down this Trojans football squad for us. They're not packed with a lot of seniors either. I'm looking down their whole, you know, depth chart, defense, offense, and there's like two guys that I would say are seniors that are really big contributors. Um, one of them is Stephen Mitchell Jr., wide receiver. Um, he's kind of an undersized guy, but he's a speedy dude. He, he plays slot, plays boundary. Um, he's dangerous with the ball in his hands if Darnold can get him the ball. Um, and then we got Ichena Unwosu, who plays defensive end, outside linebacker, kind of hybrid in that three-man front scheme. He plays mostly outside linebacker, number 42. Um, last week, he didn't get a chance to do a whole lot with that Western Michigan scheme. They kind of eliminated him a little bit and you know ran the ball with their weird formations and just kind of made people – they made the defense for USC think a lot. I made him read a lot of formations. There wasn't a lot of attacking, so we didn't really get to see the pass rushes for USC kind of pin their ears back and get at them. But Nwosu has the athleticism to get around the edge and kind of beat some slower-footed tackles, so I'm looking for that. As far as the underclassmen goes, they got a guy, wide receiver, Deontay Burnett. Kind of reminds me of Nelson Aguilar coming out. Um, he only weighs about 170 pounds, but the kid's a burner, and he, just like Mitchell, 
when the ball's in his hands, you got to watch out. Um, he can stretch the field. He can get deep. He is a guy. I think he caught. He caught, he had a lot of pass catches last week. Um, he kind of tore him up a little bit. Um, cornerback Iman Marshall, another long press corner. Looking for him to start popping out this year. Um, this is his. This is his time to shine. Um, he is what he is. And if you if you're an NFL scout and you were looking for a long press cornerback, Iman Marshall is that guy. Um, he's physical. He's got recovery speed. He's got ball skills. He's got it all. Um, and then, obviously, we got Darnold at quarterback. You know, we got running back Ronald Jones, who came back looking stronger, looking bigger. Um, he's running with the same speed and burst still, so that is encouraging to see for the Trojans because going against that, um, you know, Stanford front, they're going to need to pound the rock a little bit. And then the last guy that I have uh, right here in my notes, uh, Marvell Tell the third safety, um, number seven on the USC secondary Came downhill a lot last week, made a lot of plays um, in the secondary as far as, you know, deep. It was – he was just all over the field. And, you know, like, you know, on a broadcast view, it's hard to tell what the safeties are able to do and not do. It's kind of tough until you see them on all 22. But this guy was everywhere. Um, and he's making some physical plays. I know Stephen Carr, the rookie – or who was it? Oh, one of the guys on Western Michigan running through the tackles. And, I mean, Marvell Tell met him in the hole and just thumped him. So – this is a guy that I'm looking forward to definitely start making some big plays, start kind of getting his name on that top prospect list. He's got the athleticism to do it. I'm just kind of waiting for him to show up week in, week out. Loving those guys that hit the hole hard. And you mentioned Iman uh, Marshall. But, you know, I got news for you. I, that's a guy, if I'm like the Seattle Seahawks, I'm salivating over a guy like that as a potential Richard Sherman replacement next year who – Ironically, is a Stanford guy, but we we shall see how that Cardinal Trojan matchup shapes up. Number fourteen Stanford at number six USC. Joe and Justin breaking it down. Let's shift gears now over to some East Coast football, where we got Auburn, number thirteenth ranked in the nation, traveling into Clemson, a number three in the land, and uh, we'll kick it off with Justin first this time with those Auburn Tigers. Auburn seniors, man, I like these guys. Uh, this is a physical bunch led by linebacker Trey Williams. Um, he got to play sparingly last year. I mean, it was probably, you know, it was about a little more, a little more than half the snaps. Um, this year he steps into a full-time role. But I think I've mentioned on previous podcasts, I mean, this is kind of what I wanted Raquan McMillan to be at Ohio State, which is that physical enforcer snap to snap, the guy that you know is going to lead the defense, and he's not going to take plays off physically. He's looking to lay the hammer every single snap, um, and that's who he is. So as far as the team, I mean, it's per- he's the perfect example of senior leader linebacker. This is the guy for the Auburn Tigers defense. So he's an exciting player to watch. We also got Cameron Petway at running back, who's just a big bulldozer, man. He's got more nimble feet than you expect i mean i don't think people give him credit for being so light on his feet but this dude can run anybody over it's just exciting to watch he's just a freight train in a straight line and then sophomore uh, senior safety trey matthews um in the past i've you know docked him a little bit for being passive when it comes to tackling he likes to hit people when they're not looking but he doesn't really square them up um this year i'm hoping as a senior as a leader that he kind of turns that around and becomes a physical force on every single play. You know he wants to be. You can tell he wants to be that guy, but so far 
it just hasn't happened. Um, and then just a few of the Auburn underclassmen I'll highlight are uh, defensive end slash outside linebacker Jeff Holland. With Carl Lawson leaving, this is kind of their guy that I think they're going to have to look to to be that pass rushing force. Um, he's not necessarily in the same mold as Carl Lawson. He's more of a speed rusher, but I mean, this kid's first step is lightning, and he can bend around the edge. He's definitely a one of the ones that you could say is a quarterback killer. I mean, this is the mold that you want. This is the guy that is just screaming off the edge. And then cornerback Carlton Davis, another really long pressed corner, kind of resembles him on Marshall. Um, I think Davis is a little more technical, might be a little more quick. Um, so I think if you are Clemson and you're looking to get the ball downfield to Deion Kane, you're going to have to go against this cat. And, I mean, with his length and everything, I think this is the perfect matchup for Deion Kane and some of those skilled uh, Clemson pass catchers. And I'll tell you, you know, the the more I hear Justin talk about these Auburn prospects, there's some, some good-looking players that I've been familiar with and some players he just put on my radar. But, Joe, uh, you know, Auburn getting five here. This could be an upset special of the week, as I hear Justin talk. A lot of talent on this Auburn football squad. But as we know, also, as as usual with Dabo Sweeney, a lot of talent on this Clemson Tiger squad as well. Six members of the top 100 prospectus, all from Clemson, uh, 14 total in the rankings. A lot of them, in fact, all of them are underclassmen, though. Uh, but, yeah, the, the atmosphere of this game is going to be off the chain. Death Valley at night, that's going to be a, a huge challenge for Auburn uh, with the new quarterback and, and against this defense. I mean, it's just uh, chock full of underclassmen. So I've got two seniors as the only starter. Tyrone Crowder. First team all CC or all ACC uh, guard there, and then uh, they've got another linebacker, Dorian O'Daniel. But outside of that, this is just underclassmen galore. Uh, but yeah, that entire starting line—we're talking about four coming back. Mitch Hyatt, the left tackle, I think's a stud. He's a junior, um, and then yeah, all their skill positions. Just to mention it, Deion Kane is. That's, he's slowly becoming my favorite receiver in all of college football. He's just so smooth. He can just turn it on in an instant. He's He's got basically everything you would want. So, like I meant that, that matchup against those DBs, and you know Hunter Renfro is running his routes precise. Uh, once again, though, this is another team breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, Bryant looked good last week, but uh, Kent State is not. Auburn, so that that's going to be a huge challenge. Um, and then these special teamers, I think in this game period, we got uh, Greg Hugel, underclass, the second team, all ACC kicker, and then uh, the the Carson kid for Auburn. Well, heck, he's an All American, so uh, we're definitely not going. To, we should not see shank kicks in this game. But I think who will rule today is those those three underclassmen up front on the defensive line for Clemson. It's just unfair having Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, and Cleland Farrell all on that same uh, group. It, it, they could rotate anywhere. They're all what uh, Wilkins a junior and then Lawrence and Farrell were soft. So I, uh, they're young, they're talented, and Brent Venables dials up one of the best schemes out there. I, I really like what I've seen out of Van Smith. Once, I'm sorry, guys, another underclassman, but uh, this mm-hmm. is, uh, yet again, a great group, and we've talked before, uh, just these programs like Alabama and Clemson, they don't uh, 
they don't rebuild. They just reload. They've just got guys waiting in the wings. And I'll tell you what, if if you don't declare early for the draft and go be somebody, they're going to kick you out and get their kids in because <laughs> somebody wants <laughs> yeah. to play at, at Clemson. It's, uh, that is one of the best defenses in college football. So that will be a huge challenge in that way and that. And then I expect Deion Kane to have a day that uh, – he is. If he could just keep his nose clean, that's going to be a great Sunday receiver. Yeah, you know, it's funny during the off season. I think one of the things that stuck out to me is like, you know, Coach Sweeney was getting a little agitated by the constant questions of all the players he lost for the draft. At, at one point, he said, "Well, why aren't you guys talking about all the players that are returning?" He said, "That's that's what you should be talking about." I said, <laughs> he said, "Yeah, nobody's mentioned Deion Kane. He's like that guy's going to be a household name." And, you know, you mentioned guys like Van Smith, the safety, good-looking, lanky safety. I like him. Uh, those those defensive linemen you mentioned, Joe, I mean, all three of those guys look like top ten picks. I'll even go on a, a limb and say, hey, if a team such as the Colts winds up with the number one overall pick and doesn't need a quarterback and they stay in that top slot, Christian Wilkins, to me, uh, I've got my money on him to be the number one overall pick, and I, I got news for you. This is not a bold statement in my opinion, but you think Miles Garrett had an impressive combine? You thought Jet Davian Clowney had an impressive uh, scouting combine performance? Christian Wilkins is going to have one for the ages, and his will be the most remarkable one until the following year when Rashawn Gary declares who will <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, every year we say it, these guys come out bigger, stronger, faster. It's just incredible. But uh, this guy, Christian Wilkins, is going to put up incredible, incredible numbers in Indianapolis. And I look for a guy like Rashawn Gary, who's, you know, going to be a 300-pound defensive lineman. He'll he'll be running a 40-yard dash faster than some running back. So, uh, you know, it's going to be just really exciting and fun to watch when those guys get out to Indianapolis. Your neck of the woods, Joe, of course, shout out to Indy, Indianapolis and um, the Slippery Noodle, my spot. Uh, <laughs> Proud sponsor. Proud sponsor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's zero in and focus in on the key game of the week, the matchup everybody seems to be talking about in the mainstream media, and that would be Oklahoma at Ohio State, and we've talked a lot of Ohio State football. We'll talk some more Buckeye prospects with Justin in just a second, but let's start off with that Oklahoma squad, Joe, and uh, a lot of guys here to keep an eye on, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's a heck of an athlete. Uh, just I think his strengths are that pocket awareness and his ability to kind of freelance or improvise. I don't want to call him a poor man's Russell Westbrook, but that's kind of his game. There's a little bit of sandlot in it. He's got a live arm. I just think there's issues on control. Um, I'm not sure about trajectory and just fitting the right drops in a basket and I put it on the line. It doesn't seem to add up sometimes like fitting the ball into a window or is this the time to take a little touch off and get it to a running back uh, on and out. It's just, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say there's disconnects there, but there, he's a little bit of a knucklehead off the field, too, is what makes me worry. But bottom line, though, he makes plays. He shows up on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though. Uh, Ohio State's corners had a hell of a problem with uh, Simi Cobbs and Lego and that Thomas kid from tight, the tight end I brought up. If they had problems with him, then, you know, Mark Andrews, the underclassman, will, you know, plenty of time to talk, but he's more of a move tight end. 
and not an inline guy. He's he's like a faux receiver that's very talented. And then they've got a senior, Jeff Bidet, the transfer from Kentucky. He's not a big receiver, a little slight build, but he can run. He's no no day-day Westbrook by any means, but he can get right on top of a DB's toes, force the bracket safety over, and if that happens, uh, Mark Andrews is one-on-one. You better forget about that. So, uh, yeah, OSU's got uh, a challenge there, and then uh, not to go off the seniors too far, but this offensive line this is always a specialty of Oklahoma. Uh, Orlando Brown, the son of Zeus, man, I, I think that's that's definitely a first-round grade player. Uh, yeah, he's my top-rated player on the roster. And they've got basically the entire starting offensive line back. You know Lincoln Riley's going to run tempo. He always does. And if o- OSU struggled with the Hoosiers' tempo, they're going to struggle with sooner tempo. I would have to agree, I imagine. So that side of the ball, I think Oklahoma's in really, really good shape there. Um, there's two seniors that stick out uh, on the defensive side. Uh, Obania Okoronkwo, I won't do that again. Uh, another guy, he's kind of a, I don't know, he's got a little bit of Von Miller to his game, but that's as far as I'll go because he's, he's not hyper fast. He doesn't have that dynamic first step, but he does not quit. Uh, and he's like one of those converts. I don't know that he's going to make it to stand up past our outside linebacker, but for what he does and the scheme they want him to do, he really gets to the quarterback fast. And then uh, they've got a stud back there at corner in Jordan Thomas. Uh, he's just a really great athlete, long kid, good ball skills. He, uh, You could use to get off some blocks faster. He kind of accepts some blocks. But outside of that, he reads things really well. He sees the field, and he doesn't seem to get distracted. Uh, he can be fooled by a double move. But uh, I think that's something that w- would come with time. And also, he's another guy. I think he's big enough. Even if it doesn't work out corner, Thomas could play a little safety. It's a, it's, it's a kid that could put on a little weight, too. So, yeah, that secondary is uh, littered with returning starters. Stephen Parker, another safety senior uh, coming back. These They've got a lot of leaders on the field there, so that's a, a, definitely a good matchup in, in respect that Ohio State doesn't have a strong passing game. They've got the DBs to cover it. If, if the Sooners stop the run, the Buckeyes are going to be in big trouble here, and they've they've definitely got the seniors to do it. So that's that's another part of like can Paris Campbell catch the ball? Can he get open? And can J T Barrett throw further than 15 yards? Like that's you know I'll, I'll let Justin get into J T Barrett's case, but they've got their work cut out for him definitely uh, at home. <laughs> yeah, another <laughs> test uh, for this Ohio State. Team, uh, touchdown favorite here against number five Oklahoma of course Ohio State number two in the nation and Justin I mean this has become like the Ohio State prospect show uh, you know we've <laughs> talked about a lot of these guys already but uh, what else more can you tell us about these Ohio State Buckeye prospects well this is a prospect show so I don't know why we're talking about JT Barrett so yeah <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you could have talked about him all day. I don't have anything to say about him. He's not an NFL prospect, and he is ruining this Ohio State offense. So I'll just skip right past him when we talk about the seniors. Um, but let's get into some of the guys that are going to protect J.T. Barrett. Um, Billy Price, their center. This guy, if you like Pat Elfline, you're going to like Billy Price because he's like Pat Elfline on steroids. Um, this guy is bigger. He controls people at the line of scrimmage. He's got the sand in the pants to anchor. Um, he's just dominating up front. I'm in the run game. He's moving people. He's getting out to the second level. 
I really like Billy Price. I think he has a chance to go a decent amount higher in the draft than Todd Elfland um, did. And I think he could also play, you know, guard, but play him at center, keep him there, whatever. Whatever you're going to do, he's going to be a piece for an offensive line. He's going to be a starter. Um, Jalen Holmes, another senior defensive end uh, for the Buckeyes. He didn't play full-time last year. It's, I mean, they are stacked on the D-line. So this freak athlete somehow – Got to be kind of a rotational player. He played uh, outside and inside. They used him inside um, on rushdowns a lot or on uh, passing downs a lot because for some reason he looks so much more natural on the inside um, than the outside. So when you know he's attacking B gaps, attacking A gap even sometimes, this guy knows how to get after the quarterback. He's got that functional strength. He's got the lower body power. So um, they're going to move him all around. You're going to see him all over the place. It is what it is. But Watch this dude. I mean, he's a long, just freak. Uh, we got Tyquan Lewis also at the end. Not the twitchiest guy. I wouldn't say he's very toolsy, but Tyquan Lewis being a redshirt senior, he's seen it all. Um, he knows some tricks. He's pretty savvy with his hands. He won't flash physically. He's not going to become Von Miller, but, I mean, the dude knows how to get to the quarterback. And then, as Joe was saying, you know, Simi Cobbs gave the OSU, the Ohio State, secondary just absolute hell um but they're still stacked with three amazing cornerbacks in damon arnett Denzel ward and kendall sheffield um damon arnett was one of the guys that i noticed was probably the most fiscal and the most aggressive um, especially in run support the dude is all over the place and then Denzel ward um i know a few people have said he might be better than marshawn Lattimore. Um, his movement skills are unbelievable i hate to you know, just go on about these underclassmen, but Denzel Ward and some of these guys are just, I mean, they look like an NFL secondary. If only they could, you know, put it all together. But they do have the talent. They do have the talent to stop Baker Mayfield and some of these speedy Oklahoma corners. So, I mean, it's going to be a matchup for the ages. I hope it's not like, you know, last year when Oklahoma, what would they play? Houston and just got rocked. But I hope this is a better game than that. I hope Oklahoma shows up to the big stage this time. Well, it's going to be fun to watch that matchup as uh, all the matchups that we discussed. And we uh, ran through, man, quite a few players on this show. So if you enjoyed it, we appreciate you tuning in and listening. Again, we're on iTunes. We're here on Black Talk Radio. If you tuned in halfway through the show, you can go back, listen to the show in its entirety, and we appreciate every like and every share out there. So please do it. Do it now. Uh, and we want to give a quick shout-out to uh, some of the folks who have supported the show and uh, PremierAthleteAdvisors.com for all you aspiring NFL prospects. Check out PremierAthleteAdvisors.com. Our good friends Adam and Matt over there. Uh, always in good hands with them. DefianceFuelWater.com, you know, Defy Limitations, we've been doing that for the past few years with the Defiance Fuel Water. Now they have some supplements. You can find all that good stuff over at DefianceFuel.com. Of course, Powerball Performance and Rehab, we have uh, a brand-new spanking facility, largest east of the Mississippi, and I say we because I be I will be – uh, working in a larger capacity with the Parabolic Performance Combine team, and I'm really excited about that. So please check us out at goparabolic.com. If you want more information on the NFL draft prep program, you can uh, definitely hit us up there. Um, shoot me a message on the social media world. I'll get back to you. 
And then uh, TicketScore.com, they have a uh, promo going on for Super Bowl tickets that you can get in uh, really dirt cheap on the ground floor, uh, TicketScore.com for that one there. So uh, another episode in the books. It's been another great addition. We want to thank Jose Jefferson and Craig Red, the co-founders of the Cod's Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. Of course, my co-hosts for the day, Joe Everett and Justin Gamble, the directors of the College Football Scouting Myself, Rick Saratella, RIC, and the place to be for another episode. Until next week, everybody, keep it locked. Back at it again. It's another edition of the College Art Showcase Watchlist Shows. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the RIC, Rick Saratella. We are on air. You're <laughs> all